The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, and please let us know what's on your mind. We would really love to hear from you. Today's show is titled, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. It has been said that if we change our thoughts, we can change our lives. And if we direct our thoughts with integrity, our lives come together beautifully. We can move from negativity to hope and joy through making just such a shift. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on learning how the power of our thoughts can lead us to hope and a new experience of joy in our lives. We want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We really hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. Today we're going to be talking about moving out of negativity into joy and peace through the principle of changing our thoughts. So when I think about what's my experience of negativity, and I, uh, I, I feel like I can always affirm, and you and I generally have a similar experience, it's not like it's gone, right? I'm still perfectly capable of um, getting into a pattern of, of negative thinking. It just doesn't, it's not my only approach. It doesn't last as long, and I have options now, so I can move out of it. But um, some of the ways that it has shown up in my life is, so for example, assuming the worst outcome. And that's, you know, absolutely a response just out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I'm in a situ- if I'm in a situation and I'm, I'm, I have an idea of how I would like it to go and I'm worried that it's not going to go that way, so I might, um, you know, sort of make contingencies for the worst possible outcome. Now, yes. it's that's a, a skill worth having, but like everything that we talk about, it's 
if I'm out of balance, right, if that's kind of my, if I'm always assuming the worst and that's one of my primary ways of engaging the world, then, you know, I, I need to work on that and I have, but that is one way that I've experienced what I would call negativity come up in my life because I'm assuming that the outcome of whatever the situation is, is negative. Yes, I understand that one. I totally agree with you that it's a fear-based way of thinking. I believe it is a trauma response. Um, you know, it's understandable. Many of us have been through some pretty tough things. It's understandable that we would eventually develop a way of trying to sort of keep those things from happening again, right? So there's a sense in which I know myself, yeah. I'm I'm out there sort of trying to figure out what horrible things could happen um, so that I won't be caught off guard or so that, you know, the erroneous thinking is that I can somehow prevent them from happening by worrying about them happening. Right. You know, and yet what we're going to be talking about today, you know, is our unity's third principle is that in some ways, well, number one, that's not effective. And in some ways it may actually sort of bring those things about or attract those things to us because it's what we're so focused on. So I understand that, you know, um, I think in recovery circles or therapy circles, you hear that called like catastrophizing, you know, it's where something seems sort of small, but we've already worked it up into this big, horrible thing that we're afraid is going to happen. And what we really don't want to do is, you know, bring that thing into manifestation because we're so focused on it. We actually end up getting the opposite of what we want. So I understand that, that fear-based, you know, idea that by worrying about something, I can somehow prevent it from happening. Yeah, right. Way to that, live. A, if I don't worry about this, then I'm going to fail to notice something important yes. and then I'll be in real trouble. So I better worry about it so yeah. that it can go okay. And ironically, I can, I can prove myself true. I can yes. prove that that's true by worrying about everything and then noticing, hey, none of those things actually became a See, problem. See, it worked. It works. Uh, <laughs> the reason I think we can laugh about that is that it also works if I don't worry about yes. the things. The outcome is, is still all right, right? If I don't worry about this, then I might be in trouble. So that uh, fear, it's absolutely a uh, fear response and becomes a habit, of course, for me about uh, worrying that something's not going to work out, right? Yep. I, I, it's almost inevitably I have, um, wh what do we say? Another way of talking about this is uh, attachment to outcomes, yes. right? If, I have an, if I'm attached to the outcome instead of the process, yeah. then I inevitably will find myself in trouble because I'm worried. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if, uh, a little hint there for me is don't worry about the outcome. Focus on the process mm -hmm. one day at a time, one step at a time. Am I doing what I know is the right thing to do uh, each moment? Are we talking about the next right thing or the next uh, apparent? Uh, what did you call it? instead of right the next indicated indicated thing yeah and, uh, just uh, whatever is next and, and trusting the process is kind of the opposite of my way of um, experiencing negativity which is to uh, not trust the process and to focus on um, worrying about things are not going to work out the way I want them to you right. know 
Yes, you know, it made me realize when you're talking that, you know, this is this for me, this was a whole worldview. It was a way of seeing the universe. So before I learned all these principles, before recovery and before unity, I would say that I had a general view of the universe as being, I don't want to say negative, but not positive, right? As being like a place that I needed to look out for myself. I needed to prevent bad things from happening. It was the sort of fearful place, you know, um, I did, I had no sense of the universe being supportive and loving. And, you know, this idea that I, I hold in my consciousness now that the universe is actually conspiring for my good. So that, you know, I didn't have that before. And, and so that makes me understand, of course, I was fearful. If, if your whole view of the universe is that it's sort of antagonistic, or at the very least, it's not in your favor, then yeah, there's a lot of things to be afraid of, right? A lot of bad things can happen in this life. So the shift for me was, you know, a whole different way of seeing the universe and a whole different worldview. You know, I love, I always like to quote this, Einstein says that, you know, you could either see the universe as a friendly place or as a not friendly place. And again, with this principle of, um, you know, of uh, our thoughts that we're going to be talking about today, by seeing the universe as a essentially friendly, supportive, loving place, then that is what manifests in my life. Right, you find what you're looking for. Yes. I know I find what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's part of my ongoing practice, if you will, spiritual practice. And I don't mean like sitting in meditation. I mean just the moment-to-moment way of being in the world to uh, remember that that's true and to choose to look for things that I do want and not spend uh, my energy on things that I don't want or about having, you know, anxiety over outcomes is kind of, I mean, it, that phrase having anxiety over outcomes probably is, you know, covers 95% of any kind of worry, thinking, negativity or whatever um, that I might have. Uh, I, I heard a phrase I might have heard this from Edwin Gaines. Uh, the universe conspires to support me. Yes. As almost as an affirmation, you know, a yes. bold statement of truth. The universe conspires to support me because that's kind of the antidote, if you will, yes. to exactly. um, negative worrying about outcomes. Is well, it's uh, how about if it's quite the opposite? You know, instead of I've got to watch out for every little thing so nothing bad happens, instead of that, the universe conspires to support me. You know, when I show up as, um, when I show up in that manner, I yes. guess. Like you're pointing out, in, in a way, and I've heard this before, the universe is like a mirror, right? Mm. Wh whatever I bring to it, that's what I get. Yeah. That's what I see. So if I'm convinced that, the world is a horrible place, then that's exactly what I'm going to experience. Now, I don't, I don't mean to um, downplay difficult life circumstances at all. Right. Um, and what we're talking about here is not a, a magic thing, and it's not, it's never about um, blaming somebody for the circumstances of their life. Yeah. Um, it's about what is the best way for me to move forward given where I am right now. It actually has nothing to do with 
other people's experience. You know, every, we can all use these tools and I could never claim that my life is wonderful because I'm just so smart and right. I use all the right tools and implying that if you used all the right tools, you know, right. you might be, uh, um, you know, you could do what I, what I've done. It's like, Oh, why don't you just be tall? I'm yeah. tall. It works yeah. great for me. Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly. so smart of me to decide to be tall. You know, that's right. how ridiculous it can get. Yes. But anyway, you know, the universe conspires to support me as kind of an antidote for my negative pattern of thinking that says, oh, man, th this isn't going to work out. Or as I've heard it referred to in the recovery community, contemplating the wreckage of my future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of oh, yep. my past. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you touched on the idea that um, even though we make it sound like this is a real simple principle, it's it is both simple and deeply complex and nuanced, right? So I know you and I both we believe this principle to be true. Absolutely. Now, is it just as simple? I mean, can I just change my thoughts? That sometimes, you know, there's some things that um, are fairly easy to change our thoughts about. You know, I remember when I came into Unity, I got the prosperity concept pretty quickly. You know, um, I, I, it was just so brilliant to me. I had always been worrying about money, always thinking there wasn't going to be enough. I had picked this up from, you know, my family and the culture, et cetera. And I shifted pretty quickly into prosperity thinking and stopped worrying about finances and just started believing the universe was going to provide for me. And it came true. It absolutely did. That one was fairly easy for me. When we're dealing with things that are really deeply ingrained, long-held beliefs, um, especially when they're beliefs about ourselves, about our own value and worthiness, those things are not usually as simple and easy to change. That's been my experience. Um, I don't just say some affirmations and all my childhood, you know, issues are resolved. Right. I mean, would, that'd be nice because I spent a lot of money on therapy over the years. I mean... You know, it would be nice if it were that simple, but what happened for me was the the beginning to shift and the affirmation started to chip away at things so that I could start to get in there and really work on stuff. And that has yeah. required years and years of work for me. Yeah, and we'll expand on that too, because I, yeah. I, I agree that that is the path. This is one of those things that not unlike a lot of spiritual principles, it's simple, but not easy. Yes. Right? It's a simple concept to get about shifting thoughts what's challenging about it is doing it consistently over time so yes it is simple but not necessarily easy so let's uh shift gears here uh, moving out of this challenge of negativity and into the solution we always want to acknowledge the challenge and then always move into the solution so what is the solution well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles, and the spiritual principle we're talking about today that we ourselves use to move out of negativity and negative thinking into joy and peace is unity's third principle. And unity's third principle states that we are co-creators with God, actively creating our world through thoughts held in mind. But how do we go about doing this? And we kind of already started to acknowledge the um, the work part of it, you know, the, the challenge. Getting from the idea to the uh, experience can take time. It seems like my thoughts lead 
a life of their own and I don't feel like I'm choosing them. Right. So how then yeah. can I change them given yes. that it feels like it's it's just a train that I fell onto and I have no control over it. I understand that one. And certainly there are times, I mean, I think even the most spiritually advanced person would probably say they are, there are times when they experience that, you know, um, you know, our, our minds, I, I know this cause I've worked so much with meditation over the years. Our minds are thought generating machines. It's what they do, you know, and we're not ever going to be able to stop that because it's just what our minds do. And we shouldn't be, you know, ashamed of that if we aren't able to calm our minds or whatever. It's not, you know, they're just going to keep generating thoughts. So what we want to do is change the consciousness beneath the thoughts. You know, we're really talking about a, a real shift in consciousness. I mean, it kind of is a chicken or an egg, right? As we begin to change our thoughts, our consciousness begins to change. As we begin yeah. to change our consciousness, we'll notice that the thoughts that our mind is generating are beginning to change also. So yeah, yeah. it's sort of just a circular, you know, um, so we're really talking, that's why it sounds so easy. Just change your thoughts. Yeah, well, try it. You know, try to change your thought about something and tell me how easy it is because it's not easy. So the first part of the process is really awareness. You know, I didn't even know that I had thoughts or that my thoughts were of a certain quality or, you know, I didn't, I mean, I just had, I was just, I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't aware of any of this stuff. So a really big chunk of the process is becoming aware of what's knocking around in my head, you know, becoming aware that uh, the feelings that I have are being generated by thoughts and beliefs that I have. You know, that was a huge connection for me. It's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm feeling really anxious. Well, let me see if I can sort of trace that path back. Oh, I see. I'm worrying about this thing coming up. That's why I'm feeling anxious. So let me go into that thought and let me affirm that divine order is, you know, is established in my life, that all things are working for my good, that God has got this, that it's all going to be okay. You know, and and then, wow, the feelings change, you know. Um, so I started to really realize that there were thoughts that I could trace back things to these um, negative perpetual yeah. thoughts that I was having. But that took time to become aware of that. You know, and the awareness and changing it, I mean, the changing it comes starts to come immediately from the awareness of it, right? We cannot change what we're not aware of. So as soon as we become aware of it is when we can begin to shift it. Right, because nothing happens without awareness. Yes. And I would even maintain, I mean, we will often use language like, you know, I changed my thoughts. But in my experience, in reality, it's I created conditions where my thoughts could change. I don't know that I'm the one changing them. Uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. It's like, and I've used this analogy before, but it, it it's work. It's so powerful. It works for me. I might say that I grew a flower, but really what I did was created the conditions in, in which a flower can grow. Yeah. So if you if someone were observing me, you might see me, you know, tilling the soil, pulling the weeds, watering, you know, watering the ground, putting the seed. So I'm creating the conditions, but you're not going to see me grow the flower. You're going to see the flower grow. Yeah. Right. 
And and this and everything to me in uh, when we talk about spiritual journey, it's all like that. It's about creating the conditions. It's almost always a subtractive process, right? I remove that which is not God, or I remove that which is an impediment on my path, which for me, my alcoholism was exactly that. I remember the day that I realized that this, that my drinking was a huge boulder blocking right in the middle of my spiritual path and it had to go, you know, there was no way around it. So letting go of things and, and, but none of, none of that is even possible without awareness. So I'm with you become becoming aware of my thoughts without the idea of changing them, without any response to them, you know, without any negativity or calling them good or bad, just simply being aware of them first and foremost um, is is the beginning of everything. And and really just that yeah. is creates the conditions within which options seemingly yes. appear out of thin air where there were no options before simply from awareness so if you're listening to us and you feel like you're kind of at the beginning of this particular piece of your path just affirm that you are becoming more and more aware of your thoughts and let Mm -hmm. that be enough yeah absolutely awareness over time you know working on our awareness of things uh, which can also be called mindfulness it begins to create the tiniest little gap in which I have a choice, right? That's the key because there's so many things that I did that I was not doing consciously. I was just doing them. I was reacting to things and there was no pausing and thinking about what I was doing. It was just reaction, reaction. So this awareness of our thoughts begins to create the tiniest little fraction of a second of a gap where there, where our our ability to choose begins to come back, and this is true with our addiction. Um, it's true with all of our behaviors. It's true with our thoughts. You know, how can you change your thoughts if you don't? You know, you don't even have a choice. They're just coming at you. So, when we create mindfulness and awareness around our thoughts, all of a sudden you'll notice there's a second where you're like, "Oh, that's a really negative thought," and all of a sudden there's a choice there. I'm not going to believe that thought. Yes, my brain generated that thought, but suddenly I'm aware of it. And I realize it's not the truth. It's not the new truth that I'm learning to affirm by learning these principles. Yeah. And that begins to shift things, but it takes time. So another aspect I'd like to propose is that when we're doing this kind of becoming aware of our thoughts, I'd like to propose to people to try to bring a real compassionate awareness to yourself and a real loving awareness so so rather than like um you know oh that's a horrible thought it you know big cross out like you know do you know what i'm saying like we don't want to put a whole lot of energy into like oh that's so horrible get rid of that um there's a different right just notice yeah well there's a different more gentle way where i can say gosh i just realized i was having a really negative thought about myself Let me bring some love and compassion to myself. Wow. You know, how did I get that thought? Where did I learn that? That's really, I feel really bad that that's the thought I'm having about myself. 
Um, so this is not about spiritual bypassing. This is not about just like, boom, go to the positive. You know, sometimes right. we need to sit with the feelings that we're having and we need to bring some compassion to ourselves. Bringing that loving awareness and that compassion to those negative thoughts that we have, that dissolves them and shifts them into something else in itself. So we don't want to get into a, a thing of like resistance or, you know, like a real sort of energized wanting to cross out or get rid of negative thoughts. We can just hold them in compassion and then they begin to shift. Yeah, I agree. That's the second piece of all this right along with awareness is non-resistance. Yeah. Like in a way, uh, Jesus, a master teacher in non-resistance, among other things. And there's a quote from our uh, big book, page 84. It says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. Yeah. That is a plain and simple statement of non-resistance. And yeah. so I become aware of my thoughts and I don't resist them. Right. I don't uh, judge them uh, right. either way you know, that one's good or that one's bad. A phrase that I learned that has been most helpful for me with this is I could say to myself, like you're pointing out, oh, I just saw, you know, I just realized what I was thinking, this really negative thing about myself or someone else. That is not a healing story. Mm -hmm. That is not a healing story. Yeah. I'm just naming it very, yeah. you know, it's not a judgment. It's a, it's a, it's an observation. Wow. All right. That's not a healing story, yeah. but maybe another thought will come in like, oh, that one is a healing story. Yeah. And so, you know, adding that um, vocabulary to my awareness practice has helped a lot. And it's none. It's I'm not resisting when I acknowledge that's not a healing story. Oh, that is a healing story. I mean, I am assessing in, in a way, but I'm not resisting it. So yeah. another phrase, let it be easy. What would happen if I let this be easy? Every time I remember to do that, it works and, and it's easy if I'm willing to let whatever it is be easy. Yeah. And I've noticed that, uh, you know, in, in the practice of becoming aware of the thoughts in my head, it's like my brain is a DJ with five records. There's only like five records. <laughs> spinning one of these records at any time you know it's not like i have new and original thoughts all day long <laughs> you know i have a very small number of the same their thought patterns right they're yeah. ingrained patterns of yeah. thinking and it, it it can be more fun when i realize like oh the dj just put on the everything's going to hell single Yes. Oh, yeah, that's one of the greatest hits. I've heard yeah. that a million times. I was number one uh, in 1984. Say, that's, <laughs> that's not a healing story, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you no, know, not a healing story. But we're coming up on the end of our segment here from, from reading the clock right, which I sometimes do. <laughs> and so we're going to move. So, so to, to wrap it up, we observe our thoughts with, and we don't resist. That's the simple but not easy thing that we're talking about. But let's hang on to that idea because it, it is the time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation and we hope that you'll stay with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. Yes, please do. Well, prior to the break, in the first section, we were talking about negative thought patterns and um, the general negativity of our minds. And then we moved into talking about the third unity principle, which is changing our thoughts, changing our lives by changing our thoughts. So now let's talk about how changing our thoughts has helped us to move move out of that negativity and into a life of joy and peace. Well, what comes to mind first, and I love this saying, and I first encountered it on a bumper sticker in the lobby of my first Unity Church, and then I uh, found out where it was from, a a guy named G.K. Chesterton, who also, by the way, created the character of Father Brown, the Catholic mystery-solving Catholic priest. On, uh, on, On Netflix, I think there's a whole multi-season series follow yeah where he he figures out who the murderer is and he's this catholic priest anyway both from gk chesterton who said angels can fly because they take themselves lightly to me that says it all yeah and and i think i can fly so to speak if i take myself lightly i don't take myself too seriously i don't put too much stock in anything that's flying through my head you know the yeah. DJ's playing one of those greatest hits records <laughs> i don't need to get all uh, wrapped up in that i had a friend that that had a, di- a different way of describing it she said um it's like there are two companies in my head one of them selling bs and the other one's buying it yeah you know my brain's make half my brain's making up stories the other half thinks that they're true yeah, <laughs> it's buying yeah. the stories that the 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 other one is is making. Same thing, but the antidote. How how? So here's our question: How's how's changing my thoughts help me move from negativity to peace and joy? It it's wrapped up in that phrase: Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. I take yeah. myself more lightly when I become aware of the thoughts in my head. I can make jokes about them, like, "Oh, there's that old record again." Oh, yeah, that old song. Let me get out my violin. I know that one, you know. <laughs> uh, and and then not resist them. So having yes. fun with it is another way of not resisting them, not taking them so seriously. Yeah, having fun with something is always a good choice in my book. But I like how you said, you know, the other part of your brain is buying it. And it's like it's buying it because you're not giving it any other choice, right? That's where that choice thing comes in. If we can somehow get out of that negative thought long enough to generate an alternative thought and slap a good price on that baby, then that, then our brain might buy that one instead, you know? Let me just give you a silly example of how I just realized that I some of this stuff has become so natural to me that I use it without even realizing it. Now, when it gets to the deeper, more self, you know, those deep 
deeply ingrained thoughts and feelings about myself and stuff, those things are a little harder to change. But, you know, before we started the program, I was telling Dan about how my older cat is responding to the new kitten in our home by beginning to pee on things, as older cats will do. And he has peed on our bed and on the carpet and last night peed on my desk and keyboard. So as you can imagine, this is pretty irritating and annoying. And I can complain about that, which I did to Dan a little bit. Um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, a few moments of complaining about something. Sort of got, get some of the, tell the story. Got to tell the story, get some of the feelings out. But I noticed how, and this is just survival because I got four cats. I noticed how I very quickly shifted into, but my cats are worth it. But my cats bring me so much joy. You know, so I could sit there, my cat's peeing on my desk, my cat's ruining things, my cat's doing this. It's thinking that is not going to stop the cat from doing it. But I choose to, this is how I handle it. I choose to believe, and this is why I have cats, that my cats bring me so much joy in my life that it's worth the nuisance of them peeing on things, right? So I shifted into what's true for me. What's true for me is I love my cats and they're more important to me than material things. That shifts me pretty quickly. Now, I could have spent a half an hour going on and on about how my cat's ruining everything. Or a week. Yeah, yeah, a week. But I gave my brain a different thought to think. You know, yes, but I love them. Yes, but they bring me joy. And that shifted me. So that's just a really simple thing. It can be a lot harder to do with things that are much deeper. But um, give that brain something else to buy, you know, and make it yeah. attractive to it. <laughs> I like that because one uh, working definition of addiction is the lack of choice. Yes. I, I, when I have exactly. an addiction, I have lost my ability to choose, in my case, to choose how much I would drink or how often or whatever. Yeah. But it also, that same dynamic plays in our minds. If I don't have a choice about my response or my thoughts about something coming up, like that's a really good example um, because that has happened to us. I've always had cats. It's very upsetting. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like it if something like that's going on. <laughs> like, oh, really? And um, but if I don't have a choice, then it's like the story has me, right? Yes. Even though I may affirm that's true that my mind made it up, it doesn't feel like that. It feels right. like it has control of me. But if I can just generate some options, mm -hmm. anything, and again, it always starts with by becoming aware of the pattern and not resisting the pattern and options will just begin to appear and i could think you know well let me try this other way or like i shared before uh what would what would this be like if i let it be easy mm -hmm. like oh that's a good question i don't know what it would be like because i rarely do that right if i have an ingrained habit of worrying i might I might not ever just let something be easy. What would happen if I let this be easy? I don't know. Well, why don't I try it and see? Why don't I pretend that this is going to work out perfectly Yeah. and then just see what happens and just keep pretending that, you know, it's yeah. trusting God is what that's been called. Trusting the process, trusting the universe, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes it comes down to it's like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel today? Do I want to yeah. feel all grumpy and irritated that my cat peed on my desk? Because that's an option. And I could ride that train for a good part of the day, you know. And I notice when I'm talking about, oh, the cat peed on my desk, you know, I feel my body get all contracted and <laughs> I'm getting all angry. I'm getting all that negative energy. And then when I shifted it into, you know, well, they're cats and it's a material thing. It's not as important to me. I love my cats. I feel my body relax. You know, I feel I go from contraction to expansion. You know, the fact that I love my cats, that they are precious beings to me, that's an expansive thought. That's a higher consciousness thought. Um, it happens to be true for me now. It might not be true for you. Okay. But that one is true for me. Now, does that mean I'm not going to do anything about it? No, I'm going to go to the pet store and I'm going to find out, you know, if there's some you know, calming agent that I can give to my cat that might help. I'm going to find a good chemical, you know, that cleans it, that gets rid of the smell. I'm still going to work on the solution, but in the meantime, I'm not going to spend the whole day being upset about what my cat did. So again, the, this one is a fairly easy one for me, but it's a really good example. How do I want to feel? Do I want to feel pissed off all day about my cat or do I want to feel happy, joyous and free? You know, I got yeah, exactly. sober to be happy, joyous, and free. So right. that's not a healing story. You yep. know, you remaining upset about what's going on with the cat. That's not a healing story. No. What will what would an alternate story look like? Well, you shared it would look like I love my cats. Yes, yep. let me not forget that, of course. And hey, I have an action plan now. Yeah. You know, yep. I have some ideas about how to move forward. That is a healing story. Yeah. Unlike staying in it, but it is important. And we touched on this, but I have to stress this. It is important that we tell our story. I need to tell my story. Yeah. If I'm upset about something, I need to express it. It's okay yes. for me to be angry and express in an angry manner what it is that I'm experiencing, right? Yes. As long as I'm not put point, you know, making it, putting it on someone else. Like right. I'm angry at you because you happen to be in the room yeah. when I get angry. That's not okay. <laughs> what is okay is acknowledging and expressing, you know, I'm really having a hard time with this and I feel upset. And here's why. Just articulate. I'm angry because of this and people do that and I'm worried about this or whatever. That's a really important part of the process. And um, as I think you mentioned earlier in the show, some of this kind of stuff we're talking about can get packaged in a way that's really disingenuous. And it wants to say things mm -hmm. like, oh, I shouldn't get angry when I feel angry. I should smell a flower and, and yeah. look at a butterfly and, you know, go find a unicorn or whatever. And I disagree very strongly with that. I need right. to experience my emotions, tell my story, and then move yeah. into what would happen if I let this be easy or yeah. acknowledge this is not a healing story. I wonder what a healing story would be. Like, what would the alternative narrative be that is a healing story in this case? You know, moving moving to those things. So changing thoughts to move out of negativity and into peace and joy is a process. It takes time. It's just like our recovery program. How do I do it? I do it one day at a time. I relax and take it easy. I remember easy does it. You know, I turn it over. I put it in my God can. I turn yeah. it over to God, you know, over and over and over as many times as I need to. All of those program principles absolutely apply 
to what we're talking about. Because in essence, it's the same thing. You know, the approach to a spiritual approach to a response to active addiction is, is what we're talking about. Except the addiction is to the negative thoughts in my head. Because I don't have a choice, and I think that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. Just like I said, you know, oh, how am I going to live my life if I can't drink? Like, my mind can't even conceive of living without alcohol. And now I could laugh at that because I've been living without alcohol for a long time, and it's just fine. Yeah. There's no no problem. Nothing is missing. But before, it was like everything was going to be missing. Yep. Yep. Because your mind didn't have an alternative. Didn't have something else to consider. Yeah, I love that you talked about that when, you know, when we're in the midst of strong feelings, they need, those feelings need to be expressed, you know, and hopefully in a healthy way. Um, But they need to be expressed. So this is not about, you know, bypassing those feelings and going, oh, nothing makes me more angry than when someone tells me to not be upset about something I'm upset about. That is a good way to get me from zero to 60 in no time flat because, you know, that taps into that part of me that doesn't feel like I have a right to have my feelings. And that's a very um, young, wounded childhood place for me. Uh, And so, you know, I need to be able to express my anger. Now, that's a growing edge for me, learning how to express it in ways that it doesn't sort of get on everybody else. Um, But the feelings need to be expressed. So. This is this is an error that I think a lot of folks make in new thought, you know, um, well, just just change your thoughts, you know. So with something like my cat peeing, that's pretty easy to do with some of these deeper things. Not so easy. You know, right. this is a lifetime of work on changing those thoughts. So the feelings need to be expressed. Um, we I talked about holding those feelings um that we're having, holding them in compassion and love for ourselves, having compassion for the uh, inner wounded part of us that is having those feelings, um, and then moving into giving our brains an alternative idea, you know, and all, this is such a process, you know, this takes time, this, I mean, what Dan and I are sharing about today is years and years and years of work, and I don't say that to make you think that, you know, it's going to take you forever, but to be realistic that, you know, some things shift very quickly and some things really take a lot of work. Um, But as we talked about, it all begins with the awareness. Now for me, having a mindfulness meditation practice has been crucial. Uh, If you would have told me mm, seven, eight years ago that I would have a daily mindfulness practice and that I would actually be teaching meditation in my church, I would have not. I would have been like, what? Um, so, It'd be you know, like my my what? My yeah. church? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The my church part, I wouldn't have understood either. Right. But so that's just proof that a person can change, you know, and someone that had no interest in meditation and mindfulness and thought that was a bunch of hoo-ha is now, you know, it's a huge part of my life. So Meditation is very helpful in slowing down our thoughts enough that we become aware of them and we have that split second where we have a choice about what we want to allow to hang out in our consciousness. That's basically, you know, when we talk about thought, so a, a 
shorthand for the third principle is thoughts held in mind produce after their kind, right? That's sort of how we remember that one. Yeah. Um, now, does that mean that every thought I think is going to produce, is going to manifest into the material realm? Absolutely not. You know, every single thought I think is not going to come to fruition. It's those ones that are really, you know, like you said, those greatest hits. <laughs> the habits, the deeply ingrained patterns. The deeply ingrained ones. And I'm sure a neurologist could explain to us that they really are literally deeply ingrained neural pathways. But, you know, I know enough that about that, that neurology is showing that we can change those pathways. We can grow right. new pathways. We can make new connections. Exactly. So, you know, don't be discouraged if some of these more tenacious thought patterns um, don't let go so easily. It just means that that area of your healing needs more loving time and attention from you. I remember uh, the old timers when I first came into the rooms would say things like time takes time, mm. right? And remind me, this is not a sprint. Right. In fact, it's not even race. Yep. That's nothing to do with it. There's no finish line. There's no goal other than did you I don't take win a recovery. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't win, and you don't get a gold medal, and you and you, know, you don't get a black belt, and and all of that. Um, it's a it's a way of being in the world, and uh, a phrase I'm sure you've heard a million times. I know I've said it a million times. Is if I walk if I walk ten miles into the woods, I got to walk ten miles out of the woods, and that's okay. But there's a part of me that wants it to be done, you know, quickly, and right away. And just because I've been at this a little while doesn't mean that I didn't benefit every step of the way. I absolutely did. You know, my life uh, has improved um, piece by piece, bit by bit, if you will, uh, over time because I choose to engage in these um, kinds of approaches and practices and ways of seeing and ways doing the things that we're talking about. You don't have to be sober five, 10, 20 years or whatever in order for this to benefit. It'll benefit you tomorrow. That's right. And today even. And I know that that's been, that's been my experience of it. Yeah. And some of those less, you know, some of those less deeply ingrained thought patterns will shift fairly quickly. So that can really give you a lot of confidence and you can get results very quickly. And then you can get a sense of how this works, you know, so practice, you know, maybe with some of the easier things. Um, it really is a practice, you know, as you start becoming aware of the thoughts, you know, I mean, for me, it was like, you know, having a negative thought about just something that was happening during the day, you know, two, three little annoying things happen in a row and I'm often running on what a horrible crappy day this is, you know? And so uh, sometimes I go there. I'm human. Sometimes I go there. Other times I catch myself or someone wonderful like my husband or my son, you know, snaps me out of it by saying something positive. And I'm like, oh my God, Michelle, you're missing everything. Like get over yourself, <laughs> you know, get off that negative train and get on this much more fun, positive one over here that is honking and waiting for you to get on. And you're over here riding the crazy train, you know? Yes, right. <laughs> So um, this is a practice. Um, 
there was something else I was going to say about that and now I forgot. Oh, so uh, we also have in recovery, we have the third step, which is when we turn some of this stuff over, a way yeah. of releasing it, you know, turning it over into the ethers, letting the loving energy that is God uh, come in and heal those things, asking for help from the higher power to be shown what are the patterns that um, I need to work on. Now, when we do that, they will start to come up, right? Yeah. Because if we've asked for something to be healed, we have sort of given the universe permission to start showing it to us everywhere yeah. that it's showing up in our lives. And I say that because it's happened to me many times. You know, it starts showing up everywhere and you're like, well, darn, if this isn't like, it's like that whack-a-mole thing, you know, it's just popping up everywhere. And But that's the universe showing you, this is what needs to be healed. This is what's next. Here's your next assignment. Um, and that's how I try to see it now. When I see the same kind of thing popping up over and over in my life, I'm like, oh, I think the universe is trying to call my attention to this thing. And then I attention it and I have whatever feelings I need to have around it. And I might ask God's help in shifting it or ask it to be healed or bring some loving attention to it myself. And then it begins to shift. You know, I, I'm remembering an image that helped me a lot. It almost became like a mantra, right? Because my mind will get in a rut of negative thinking. And it's like over and over and over, it feels like. It's it's the squirrel cage kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I thought of this image that um, worked for me. So picture, you know, if I'm in a boat on the ocean and it's, you know, maybe like a big fishing boat or whatever, and it's moving along pretty quickly and I've got a big bucket of chum, right, which is just like nasty yuck. And I'm just taking it and throwing it off the back of the boat. I'm just letting it go one handful at a time. I'm letting it. You know, because if in the ocean, there would be a bunch of happy fish, you know, yeah. because so it's not like I'm doing something negative to the fish. I just need this yuck out of my life. Right. And so I would just I just and the image was the boats moving along. I can see the water moving away from me as I stand in the back of the boat and look backwards. And I just kept throwing this crap in the water and it would yeah. just disappear and move away from it. So that had a bit of a calming effect on me and i had forgotten about that but man there was a time when i was using that image all the time yeah. as i would get into a crazy upset kind of um negative pattern of thinking where it didn't really matter um some of this other stuff well we have said a whole lot about this topic so let us now step way back if we can and see if we can find a concise way to sum it up. We've only given like 80 suggestions. Right. So what if we could only had a minute and could only give a few, uh, Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, okay, I get the idea, I get it. I get the idea of changing my thoughts. But what are what do you think are the best practical tools for actually doing that? What's your, like your top two or three or whatever? Well, I like what we talked about, that becoming aware of things is such a huge part of the process, and that's definitely a place to start. So um, just beginning to become aware, you know, like I said, when I have, when I'm having strong feelings or I'm getting really irritated, I can sometimes stop and trace it back to something that happened or more likely the story that I made up about the thing that happened or the story that I'm telling myself about what happened. 
Um, so the awareness is key and the awareness is what bring begins to bring about the ability to choose something different. So if we can focus on awareness, um, that's a huge part of the battle. And then, you know, beginning to feed our consciousness with more positive things. You know, when I first got into recovery and into unity, I started listening to, you know, pr uh, positive spiritual music and I had affirmations around my house and I, you know, went to church every Sunday and just, you know, fill your brain with as much good stuff as you can so that it starts to have some other options and your consciousness like starts to shift. It's like learning a new language, right? Yeah. It's like learning a new language. You, you watch shows in the language, you put up posters in the language, you just kind of immerse. I love that. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I concur. This uh, this is absolutely the number one thing is awareness. I'm raising my mm -hmm. awareness, also known as becoming more mindful, yeah. Yeah. you know, or just called noticing. That I yeah. think might be for me the best word for it. Just notice mm -hmm. what's going on, and then realize that this is a shift in the practice. This isn't a one and done. It's not a sprint. It's not even a race. It's not even. Um, you know, an end point, just one day at a time. That phrase helped me notice what's going on one moment at a time and one day at a time. And just let that be enough. Let the noticing be enough. The other thing that I have found helpful is if I just take an aware, an aware breath, which just means I take a breath and I pay attention to how it feels. One inhale, one exhale, that's it less than half a minute what is that 15 seconds if even yeah. just do that whenever it occurs to me mm -hmm. well we have a wonderful affirmation for you today and our affirmation today is i align my mind with divine mind and nurture myself with positive life-affirming thoughts that's a good summary i think of what we've mm -hmm. said I align my mind with divine mind or the mind of God and nurture myself with positive life affirming thoughts. That is a healing story. Well, it's happened again. We hope today's episode has been a healing story and uh, we hope you see it as a gift that you've given to yourself. Anytime that we spend time on our recovery is a gift that yes. we give to ourselves and we're grateful that you are with us here. We hope you have found something in all of our prattling today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Listeners, if you'd like, you can connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Go ahead and give us your thoughts, comments, and feedback. And as always, we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. But until then, please, for God's sake, don't drink like my co-host. Yeah, whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. <laughs> Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. 
I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.